Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, August 8th. We are here live. It's a free-for-all. We are opening the phone lines right now. And today is all about what you want to talk about. I have a bunch of odds and ends kind of all over the place, not really a theme today. So I'd rather talk to you and find out what's on your mind. Lines are open. Looks like calls are starting to come in already. Go ahead and jump in there and join us. 855-950-3835. It's just the free-for-all today. Nothing else going on. I'll be here for the next hour or until we run out of calls. So it's up to you. Pick up the phone and join us. 855-950-3835. So, uh, like I said, I've just got a bunch of odds and ends I want to talk about. One of them, um, I've been warning about this and we're starting to see it come true. And that's this idea of when we are heading into a difficult business cycle. And I don't think there's any doubt anymore that we are I can't believe we're even arguing about what is really a recession. We've had the same definition my whole life, but somehow that's changing now. Forget all that. It's just words. I I just understand there is no way we're not going to see some difficult times in our economy and in trucking. I just can't see any way around it anymore. Although we may not be there quite yet because... I hate to talk about politics, but you can't help it when this administration is about to pass another big spending bill. It, and this bill makes no sense for what's going on right now today when everybody's biggest problem is inflation. People are having a hard time putting gas in their tank and food on the table. It's really expensive. Every indicator is telling us that people are already struggling. They bragged about the jobs report, but we're starting to see layoff notices. The problem with using a jobs report as an inflation indicator is that it is a lagging indicator. You know how we always talk about trucking and that trucking is one of the reliable and early leading indicators of what the economy is going to do. So if we have a leading indicator, we watch that because the economy will follow that pattern. So whatever happens in trucking is likely to we're likely to see the same things happen in the economy. Now, there are other leading indicators. There's lots of them. Trucking is just one. But jobs and unemployment numbers and job numbers, those are lagging indicators. So we have to wait to see if that happens the way we think it's going to. You're already starting to see some layoff notices uh companies like walmart even uh and walmart is kind of one of those companies that's somewhat recession proof walmart will do just fine in a recession because people need stuff and walmart's cheap that they they do well in a recession but they're already laying people off 
So this idea that we're we're just looking at these jobs numbers and saying, no, there's no recession, everything's wonderful, is a really bad idea. So this new spending bill may delay the inevitable, but the longer we delay it, the most the more most economists believe it will just make things worse when it finally happens, and that's logical. So this spending bill that it looks like the Democrats are going to pass completely by themselves in the Senate. We'll see what happens in the House. Um, not that it matters. The, the Republicans really have zero control over whether or not this passes because the Democrats can now pass this by themselves. Once they got it through the Senate, and here's how close it is in the Senate. The Senate is split 50-50 on this. But the Democrats have Kamala Harris as the tiebreaker, and she signed off on it. So this bill passed the Senate 51-50 to at a time when people are having trouble putting food on the table and gas in the tank. This is a huge spending bill that is almost completely focused around moving to green energy. What a horrible time to push something like this. There are huge tax credits in here for people buying really expensive electric vehicles. Big tax credit, $7,500 tax credits. Now, in my opinion, that is a bad idea anytime. You know why it's a really bad idea right now? Electric vehicle sales are through the roof. They're setting records. Why are you going to take my money, our money, and incentivize somebody to do something that they're already doing? Now, we're going to take money from poor people, who could, couldn't afford an electric car, if the price was cut in half, they still couldn't afford them. But we're going to take money from them and give it to people who can go, oh yeah, let me go buy another electric vehicle because they're going to give me $7,500 in a tax credit when I do this. This is insanity. We are taking money from people who have nothing right now and giving it to people who have everything. That's what these kind of tax credits do, and people don't understand this. We should not be incentivizing the move to electric. Electric can either make it on its own because it's a good value, or it can't. But if you were going to do this, it would have made a lot more sense to do it while the economy was booming, not when people are suffering. So here's what this bill does. First off, it incentivizes people with a lot of money to go buy more electric stuff because they're going to get big tax breaks for it. They're going to get your money for going out and buying these expensive electric vehicles that you can't afford. Then it also hires 86,000, 86,000, I want that number to to sink in, 86,000 new IRS agents. So now... Those people who are struggling and can barely pay their bills, if they're self-employed especially, will go after them to prove they're cheating on their taxes. And guess what? Every tax return I review just about, I can find a problem with. That's because our tax code's so damn complicated. 
But instead of spending some money to simplify the tax code, they're just going to hire more agents to come after you and hassle you for not paying your taxes. It's unbelievable that this is about to pass. I'm shocked. I, I thought we were safe. The midterms are almost here, but they have one final shot at screwing up our economy, and it looks like they're going to pass it. And, and here's the thing. It doesn't even do much good to talk about this. There is nothing we can do at this point. I mean, I guess if you, if you voted Democrat and you're you know, represented by a Democrat, you, maybe you could try to put some pressure on it so it doesn't pass the House, but I doubt that. The Senate was the real problem, and they've already got it passed the Senate. So it doesn't look like we even have much say in this whole thing. Looks like they're just going to ram this thing through and we can watch inflation get even worse and the people struggling with inflation the most are going to end up in a worse position. Unbelievable. So um, I think I got off track there. I think I was talking about two different things at the same time. Uh, I want to go back to um, the idea that I talked about the, the warning about what's going on in an economy like this. The idea that if you are extending credit to somebody in your business, this warning is for people who own a truck, if you're in a lease purchase, if you are extending credit to anybody, and a lot of people are going, oh, well, I don't extend credit to anybody. Yeah, you do. You're pulling freight today. If you're leased to a carrier, let's even start there. Even if you're in a lease purchase program, you're moving freight today that you're not going to get paid for before you do it. If you don't get paid before you do the job, you're, you're extending credit. Most, think about most transactions. You go to a store, you have to pay them first before you get the item. If that doesn't happen then there is credit being extended here. Now, how long are you extending that credit to somebody for? Well, your carrier, probably two weeks, probably a week behind, and then you're going to get a check the following week, but you're still extending credit. You've already done the work. You've already spent all the money. You've, you've, um, your labor's involved. All that's done. Now you're waiting to get paid for it. So most of us in business, even if you're leased to a carrier, you're still extending credit to somebody. And the reason that's you need to pay attention to that is because when things get difficult, companies might not be paying their bills. So you have to watch for the warning signs and don't let companies get too deep into you. What I mean is if you've already got worth of outstanding loads with one broker, you might want to be careful that you don't let them get deeper into you. And when you start seeing any warning signs, you cut them off from any credit immediately. Warning signs are, um, they keep telling you that that invoice was paid. Oh, oh, the check must have gotten lost. Oh, I I can remember a, a This used to be a fairly common thing. Well, I don't know if it was common, but you knew it happened. When we were mostly mailing checks around, you know, there were vendors that 
after they were so deep into you and you they had used every other excuse oh you know my bookkeeper forgot to pay it i'll go back and we'll get it done it's it's in the mail then you finally get the check and it's not signed now you got to call them up and say hey this check went yeah there's all kinds of warning signs to watch out for don't let companies get too deep into you the carrier you work for if their fuel card starts having issues if settlement isn't paid on time and they have all these excuses be very very careful now here's the tough part if you're leased to a carrier and this starts to happen what are you going to do I mean, are you going to leave them and go to another carrier? Sometimes you might have to. It's a tough decision, but you can't keep working when they're not paying you and there are a lot of excuses. That's how this will go. Nobody ever comes out and says, hey, we're really in trouble. We're going to have a hard time paying you this week. There's always excuses. There's always signs. Now, brokers, same thing. You can't let a broker get too deep into you. And you will start to see that, you know, you've got a bunch of outstanding loads with a broker, and now all of a sudden his rates are getting even better. And it's tempting to go pull that freight when the rates look that good. But be very, very careful at this point. If they're already struggling and making excuses why they can't pay you, and then they're raising rates on their freight, be very careful. That's a warning sign, but goes even further. Core Capital, a factoring company. I am not a fan of factoring companies at all. I never have been. They used to be outrageously expensive. And I'm talking like 60% interest used to be common with factoring companies. I'm not going to explain the math because every time I do, somebody wants to fight with me about the math. Factoring companies traditionally used to charge about 60% interest. It's not unusual now for them still to be charging 24, 36% interest. Those numbers are still out there. So factoring is a bad, bad deal anyway. Um, But here's another danger. There's a factoring company, Core Capital, went out of business, kind of. It's a mess. There's two brothers arguing over this company, and it, it is an absolute mess right now. They, they're in bankruptcy. They have a receivership, but a lot of owner-operators did not get paid for the work they've done. When times are tough already, Rates are down, fuel prices and all kinds of expenses are up. We have shortages everywhere that's hurting things. You got a truck in the shop, you can't get it out because you can't get parts. The last thing you need is not getting paid. That will put, this is already, um, you know, reading more into this um, article. I'm trying to find as much information as I can. There's a lot of owner operators who are going to go out of business because of this one company. Because they were so deep into this factoring company and now they're not getting paid. You got to be very, very careful right now. The carrier you lease to, the broker you work for, a factoring company you might use. If any of those people hit bankruptcy, you don't get paid. 
That will put most small business owner operators out of business. Uh, I had a couple other topics, but we've got some calls coming in, and I did say this was about you today. So I'm going to get to those calls. As long as they keep coming, I'll keep taking them. So dial us up, 855-950-3835. We're off to West Virginia to get started. Steve, welcome to the program. Another good reason to be leased to Landstar and not somebody else right now because they operate, they're a publicly traded company and they operate at about a 50, uh, at about a 50, 50 cent on the dollar profit that they have. So, uh, Steve, that's what I was just about to say. It's not that any company couldn't have this problem, but it's easy to go dig, do some numbers and find out who's pretty stable and who isn't. And I would have to say, if I ever have to worry about Landstar, we've got big, big problems. Yes, I, I agree. Eight years ago, that's, what, that's the only place I was going to come to. Uh, you know, uh, and that was it. I mean, I looked at Mercer, but Mercer was fine. But you know, family over there, great folks. But yeah, this, you know, everything I looked at, this was this was the one. So yeah, that was that was very. You know, when you were saying all that, I'm sitting there thinking, thank God I've worked where I am. Yeah. Where I am. Thank God I don't have my own authority right now and have to fight all these other things, insurance, everything else, the back office. Uh, I never hear from Lance. Obviously, I heard two years ago when I won this truck, I, I, I had more interaction with him than I ever had or anything else. But you never, you never hear from him. As long as you run legal, as long as you run legal, you'll never hear from Lance. When, you, when, that, when the phone gets ready to ring, if you don't have time for a, for a P test, you just let let it go to the, you let it go to voicemail. Uh, if it says Landstar Land on it, uh, because right. you, because that's usually what it's going to be. It's going to be a, a random. So I'll I'll call them back after I'm empty, you know, kind of thing. Or yeah. But uh, I had a couple, just a couple things today. Uh, one, the last thing you talked about on uh, Friday's show. Uh, I actually I actually uh, yeah, I'm, I'm home Friday, so I'm usually not listening live. But I listened to it this morning. Uh, I have a forty. 40 volt uh, length blower in both the trucks. Oh, okay. They, it, blows the, it blows the trailer out in about, about a minute and a half. Uh, it gets, you know, you move dirt around with a, with a broom. You move, <laughs> you know, you have a sleeve a lot on the, on the <laughs> you're just moving it around. You know, you're leaving a lot because, you know, there are, there are little, those, 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 those hairs down there, you know, they get by there. So, but you blow it out. Uh, and, and, of course, nobody, you remember, nobody, cleans out trailers so there are seven or eight seals in every trailer that i blow out you know exactly yeah um so yeah. you know so, you know they depend on me doing a lot of dropping and hooking and i, I keep their trailers clean. <laughs> you know there's no doubt i i was a fanatic it was one of those things for me i was a fanatic about a clean trailer so i don't care if i picked up three different yeah. trailers in a day if they were dirty i cleaned out every one of them and Doing a trailer with exactly. a broom well, takes a while. It, it, it yeah. takes a while. That's a lot it of work. Yeah. Doing it with the blower, yeah. especially if you yeah. keep up with it, it's like 30 oh, seconds. Yeah. It's You walk up to the front, you walk from the front to the yeah. back, and you're done. I mean, that's really all there is to it. Just sweep it back, sweep it back and forth. And you may hit it a second time if yeah. it's an extra, it, you know, but, but that's it. Yeah, it doesn't take long. You walk front to back, sweep side to side, and, now, and, and you've got it. Um, now, now yeah. let's think about this, though. 
Why wouldn't we have carried a blower around with us in the past? Because I'm not going to carry gas around for a blower. What a pain in the ass that would be. I'll use a broom instead than dealing with gas and oil and who knows what else and the noise and the smell and try blowing out your, you know, trailer in somebody's lot with that though. So that's why I wouldn't have even thought about it before. <laughs> Would have been too much of a pain in the ass. But no, now with these no. electric blowers, oh, hell yes, I'd have one with me. Oh, yeah. yeah. And actually, my, uh, I had gotten but, my first one a few years ago, Link, at Harbor Freight, and they, they discontinued Link. So I have actually picked up a lot of extra batteries really cheap at some of these stores now because they want to get rid of them. And I actually found a uh, my second link uh, that I bought. I bought for seventy five percent off because it was on clearance <laughs> because they're yeah. discontinuing them. But I've got enough batteries to last probably my life. <laughs> you know, and and, and here's, I'm not worried about. It. Here's the thing. We'll tie this into my open. I've said many, many times. Forget the environment that I that has no plays no part in my decision with electric. It's never been environmental for me. Right. I don't even. I, I'm, convenient. Convenient. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen anybody prove yet that this is better for the environment. I'm not convinced that it is better for the environment. Could it even be worse? It's possible that this whole electric thing could actually oh, yeah. be worse for our planet. So that's never oh, yeah. been an issue that's, for me. Yeah. I've always said this technology yeah. will either make it on its own the way it should, or it won't, and we shouldn't incentivize it. But here's the thing. These electric power tools, yard equipment, this stuff is selling like hotcakes. Everybody is converting to electric on these things. We don't need incentives. People love this stuff, and they're buying it. I I believe more people would be buying electric cars if they weren't so damn expensive. So that just, they're priced out of the market for so many people, but we should not be writing all these big tax credits for stuff that will sell on its own once the price is right. Right. And they they made this one political. You cannot get the tax credit on the Tesla. You know that, don't you? No, I didn't know That's that. And written into this bill, written written into this bill, they said the uh, manufacturers that have the most, uh, you know, and that's the only one that sits over that threshold. You can't use it on, so you can't use it on that. See, they did a, it. They did it because Elon. Elon is not part of the woke, the woke that, crowd. That, so they, they they actually they unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So now not only are we taking people from our money from people who don't have much and giving it to people who have everything on electric cars, that whole thing. The only people buying electric cars are people who have no financial worries right now. There is nobody sitting around saying inflation is hurting me. I'm going to go buy an electric car. And and (laughs) let's let's stop this fallacy of you should go buy an electric car because gas is so expensive. So is electricity. Electric cars aren't free. Yeah. You don't get to fill up your electric nope. car for nothing. Now, are there some deals where Tesla, you buy a certain car and you can use their chargers for free for a while? Yeah, I don't know where we are on that, but electricity is not free. And guess what? It, it, if you had to guess right now, 
Is the price of electricity probably going to keep going up from now on, or is it likely to go down anytime soon? No, it's, it's actually going to go up at a higher, higher than inflation rate. It's been, by, because of natural gas for the last 20, 30 years, it's, it's lagged inflation by a bunch. But now it's going to go up, it's going to go up like health care. Everything else the government gets into yeah, goes but, up the inflation rate. You know, health care, education. Yeah, this, this will be even worse. The cost of electricity is going to go through the roof because I, think of the insanity right now. We are telling people the grid may not handle things just the way it is right now. We keep being warned about brownouts, rolling blackouts, the grid's in trouble. So you read an article about the grid being in trouble, and then you read an article about the government taking money from poor people and giving it to rich people and putting more demand on the grid. What? Come on. I, I, yep. I, I, yep. I, yep. This stuff, it sounds like some crazy novel. I mean, it doesn't even make any sense. And yet they're about to push this through with big tax credits for electric. Yeah. Well, changing changing the subject, what I actually called on yeah. <laughs> was the article I sent over to you, Angie sent it over to you, Warner, uh, on an accident that they were found not to be at fault. They settled for $150 million because they worried about the $1 billion nuclear verdict. Um, and and now now my in my sense the the accident could have been said to have been partially a good part of their their fault. The family they stopped in the travel lane. Everybody except the two little kids got out and went to the to the side of the road. They left their two kids strapped in their car seat, and the Warner driver was driving below the speed limit, but he he didn't see him until it's too late. He hit them and he kills. Um, you know, now, you know, the technology we have now with the adaptive cruise control, you know, my truck, this truck here has it. Uh, it I, I will, if I come up on construction traffic, it stops. So, this truck will stop me if I'm, if I'm, if I'm texting or anything. You so, know, thank goodness we got well, that now for a lot of abs- reasons. If, they, if that driver had had that, those kids would have been alive. Absolutely. But I am, I am they, all yeah, for it. That might, that might be right. Oh, I'm all for it. But, you know, but Warner was worried about the lawyers getting rich. Let me <laughs> you know, let me ask you they something. They were worried about the billion dollars. I did, yeah. I didn't have time to read the article, but I, I'm a little confused here. The cars broke down in the travel lane, and a truck runs into the back of it. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, How? yeah. But three that, family, three adult, three adult family members got out of the car, didn't get the kids out of their car seat, which and walked to the side of the road. And watched it happen. That you know, that, that, that me. How can you live with yourself? That's that, one thing. That seems so bizarre. But we just have to set that aside because I don't even understand that. But is it? Yeah. The driver was not charged with that. The driver? No, the driver was not charged. The officer what's said the, the driver was not at fault. What's how, What's the logic behind that? Yeah. I mean, I I I always assumed well, if we I, hit something thing, that's yeah. not moving, it's always our fault. Oh, I, oh I, I agree. I agree. You hit anything from behind, I've always heard you're at fault. <laughs> you ever hit anything from behind? Seriously. Yeah. There is no, you you, know, you can't stop. If you can't stop, you were going to pass for the condition. That, that, so there has so, to be yeah. some, I want to read more about it and see what circumstances they're looking at yeah. to say the driver wasn't. Actually, yeah. 
Yeah, actually, uh, last week, if you actually look on like Yahoo Finance and look up Werner's quarterly, uh, quarterly, you know, quarterly earnings so, call, that's where it came up at. I, I, I mean, heard it, heard about it last week. Let's think and, about and, this. And weather, uh, leathers. Uh, Let's, yeah. let's think about this for a second. Not only did he hit the vehicle from behind, he hit it hard enough to kill two children in safety seats. Yep. You know, it'd be yep. one thing so, if, he, I mean, I'm if sure. he couldn't come yep. to a complete stop and he hit the back of the vehicle. But it was way worse than that. Yeah. He hit the I vehicle know. hard yeah. enough to kill two people. Oh yeah, it, it killed two. It killed two people. They said he was going. The, the the ECM showed that he was going below the speed limit when when he hit the brakes, but he did not get stopped in time. However, that's the thing. You know, look, I'm I'm almost sixty eight years old. I have I have very good reflexes. I have to hit the brakes when they cut me off in downtown Chicago twice a week, all the time. I don't hit people. You know, yeah, that's the thing. You have to be alert. You have to have really good reflexes. I did a lot of racing. You know, and you know from from 18 to 30. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, so, but, but like I say, you have to, you have to pay attention out here. Obviously my, in my, in my mind, like yours, I think he's at fault. And I now, think that Warner probably figured a, a jury would, a, would be a billion dollars in fault is what they would think. Well, that's, yeah, that's so now let's talk about that part of it. So I think that Werner was responsible here. The driver was responsible, and there should be a verdict. But honestly, $150 million is too much. A billion is just stupid. Yeah, look, right. look, all the money in the $150 world. $150 million settled. Does, does, <laughs> there, there's not, not enough money in the yep. world to replace two children. So let's stop with the we have to figure out how much this is worth. There is no number. No number of money is worth the lives of two children. So let's not be ridiculous. A billion dollar settlement isn't going to help anybody in a case like this. Ten million. Come on. Even ten million is a little outrageous, really, when you think about it. But I'd be okay with that. But a hundred and fifty million because we're worried about a possible billion? That, that 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 those kind of numbers just have to stop. That's not good for anybody. No, no, it's not. It's definitely not. But and also, and I think Warner probably, you know, the fact that probably most of their trucks now do have this technology on it. That truck did not, obviously, in twenty eighteen. Um, because you know he he didn't stop, um, but but yeah, and and I'm all like I say I am all with that type of technology. A lot of people say that it's I don't have problems with overpasses and things like that. You know, uh, people talk about the early versions of everything, just like we talked about before with disc brakes, wide singles, uh, also the the you know the you know, the, 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 the automatic braking systems. The early ones they they would stop you when you were coming up on under a bridge you know there were things that were that were happening before that aren't happening now because of improvements but yeah that would have saved the kids but my you know and of course the parents are going to get 150 million and they they got out of the car and didn't get their kids out they weren't out there waving their arms well, for traffic to stop uh you know my my thing my, i have a problem with them <laughs> well, stopping right where they did yeah. yeah there's all kinds of things but here's another thing we don't think of these these giant settlements guess who else gets a huge part of all this money the law firms 
Come on. One third. That, I, yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah. There, there's no way we should have law firms collecting these kind of fees. And I, look, I'm, uh, I, 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 am, I am all for an open free market. And if you can make a whole bunch of money, you should. But this is not an open free market in any stretch of the imagination. When we're talking about, you know, injury yeah. claims and lawsuit, there's nothing that is not a free and open market at all. And, and the fact that the biggest that beneficiary true. from all of these lawsuits are big law firms. And not, yep. and not little lawyers. Yeah, they are. Little lawyers almost never win big lawsuits except in books and movies. Because big lawsuits take yeah. huge amounts of money to, to and years and years and years to collect. So these nuclear verdicts are almost oh, yeah. always handled by giant law firms. Yeah, yeah, it's not, there are not many John Grisham brand new lawyers out of law school. Exactly, this, like, right. Like it, he has in his, yeah. in his it, Memphis lawyers. Uh, yeah, right. it, it, it makes for a great book and a great movie. It doesn't happen very often in the real world. Correct. But it just, I mean, when I saw that, I said, I knew you would want to see it if you haven't. Well, so, uh, you, you I know, just wanted to we haven't, um, we haven't and, touched hey, on. I, I wanted, I wanted, hold, hold on one second. We haven't touched on why. Right. This huh? is so important because if we're talking about, oh, so what? It was a big carrier. It was a big law firm. But this has a huge impact on insurance rates. And insurance rates are killing small carriers right now. And it's getting worse. And all of these verdicts make that worse. They do. And, and, and like I say, another great reason to stay at Landstar because yeah, all those things yeah. are taking them to back office. You know, they're self-insured like Werner is. I mean, you know, that that hundred and fifty million actually came off of came off of their quarterly earnings, and yeah. that's why it, was, it got announced. And it it happened a little earlier this year. It happened in the last quarter uh, because they announced it during the earnings call. Yeah. So they that's why they were one hundred and fifty million light on their profits. <laughs> right. And um, so. But uh, one last thing, I, I thought that I thought y'all had a great conversation Friday. You and uh, I can't even remember his name. Joel. <laughs> the guy from uh, Joel. from the uh, from the ad, ad uh, from the ad. No, I'm talking about oh. the, the ad guy. Oh from yeah, the ads on the truck. yeah. Oh, um, he is a member uh, over on the website I, now too. Um, yeah, and I and, and you know, and I I told him that. Now he actually had a couple of people afterwards that did express it. I said the only people that would ever be involved because we th- he talked about it. he said well, what about Landstar where you're at and I said no that star on there is like a target I said that would be a target and, you know so there's no way that you know liability wise that they would do it only the owner operator with one truck would ever consider it and he'd have to he'd really, he'd really have to be targeted you know really y'all had a good conversation that really kind of kind of everything kind of y'all kind of threshed everything out there and I think I think he may actually uh, look at you know, it, it may have him thinking about how he's going to do it differently well, that, than what he was thinking before. So that was good in that regard. You were almost like his 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 shark tank coming it, back to him like they did. Yeah, and that's really was my point. Not that, and I hate to be the Debbie Downer and tell people, no, this is never going to work because, I, like I said before, the first time somebody tells me something's not going to work makes me twice as likely to go try it and prove them wrong. 
So my point is not to just tell everybody this is a dumb idea. It's never going to work. My point in something like that is to talk through as many of the issues as possible. And you're right. Because of that conversation, he may now find a way to make this work in a way we're not even thinking of. And if he's going to look anywhere, I think our, our tribe is the kind of people. They're single truck owner operators that fit. Like I said, you had a couple that afterwards even expressed interest in it. Uh, and then they may be. Maybe the one. Well, yeah. and we, we actually came up with another idea that even though I've talked about this many times over the years, this never occurred to me, except somehow in all that conversation, it got brought up that if you work with the right group, maybe, like you said, directly with some owner operators, our tribe, and you focus on products for truck drivers, that's another huge yeah. issue there. If you just it, look, take yeah. our, I, I'm almost talking myself into doing this myself. Take our business model that we've <laughs> created a store and we carry things that are really designed for truck drivers. I mean, that's the whole point of our store. We find things that really make sense for truck drivers and we put it in the store. But the average person probably wouldn't be interested in shopping in our store. That's the kind of products yeah, that, you that, know, that might start be to make yeah, sense that, if you, to advertise right. on the back of a trailer. And, and actually, and and like I say, the, the trucks that are out there sixty hours a week, they're seeing other the backs of other trailers and all. That was yours. Something like yours would actually be the type of situation that he would be looking for. And you know, it had to have to targeted to where they know that call came. From from his view of it, you know, a different phone number or something. So it'd be on, on that it came from that view of the back of a trailer and through your, your normal you know, tribe care number. Yeah, but, yeah, but but that like I say, it has to be very targeted. It can't it, just be and, any, you know, the big nationals. No, they're not this. And maybe that's the trick to this that somebody hasn't figured out yet that. This could work if you start to really target the advertising. So now, if we also know that, hey, we're we're just not some ad company that has a new idea about trailers, and now we have to go compete with all the other ad companies, billboards, magazines, newspapers, internet, on and on and on and on. Well, wait a minute. If we have a very specific target audience, we're just not an ad company. We're an ad company that only goes after truck drivers. That really clarifies exactly. a lot and, of things yeah. that I could do in my business now to make it more effective. But if I just take this approach, I'm going to accept any advertiser for any product targeting any demographic. <laughs> well, no. I, I would absolutely fail at that. I, I You've got to be targeted here, but that may be... This may be the idea that could make this work. Uh, and with your tribe, just like me, I drive six 
miles an hour. Everybody passes me, so everybody <laughs> right. passes me will see it. <laughs> That's <laughs> they, right. They, 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 maybe then they would, they'd be writing the number down instead of giving me the finger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> just... Think, but I, I don't know why just, people give me the finger. I'm in the right lane. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm totally thinking outside the box right now, and I thought of this on the fly, and many times, as soon as you put a little thought into an idea like this, you find the flaws. But here's another idea I have. Since we're going to target truck drivers, we're going to focus on the trucking industry. Could I come up with a a little tweak to the way I pay that I could tie to the speed of your truck? If you're willing to drive slower, I'm willing to pay you a little bit more to run this ad because it will be more effective. Exactly. I mean, that's a crazy exactly. thought, exactly. but it's, you know, like, it, it might when, work. When you, when, you, when you start talking through things, and, and, and like I say, you and him, I think I think he got a lot out of the conversation. I was, I was you know, after after Thursday, I almost gave him a call and told him, hey, man, you might not want to call this show, but I said, <laughs> you know what, I said, he, he needs that. He, he needs, I said, here's the thing, Kevin, Kevin, you were very passionate on the call with me, Kevin. Because that was something you you've been waiting for somebody to call with that again because you've seen it fail before two three four times you know and and so so and I'm sitting there thinking I said this I know this poor fella nice guy poor fella you know but then he handled it so well and he you know he took he took he took the criticism well he would come back with with rebuttals and you know. You were help, at least helping him think through his rebuff. Well, here's the and, thing. And here's, so, you know, I think, I think it was a good conversation. It turned out to be a really good conversation. Here's what I loved about that conversation. I would not have handled something like this nearly as good as he did. And that's a big part of why yeah. um, I'm encouraged to even work with him more. Because if anybody could make this work, it's somebody yeah. with an attitude like his. I beat him up bad. We all beat him up bad. He never balked at all. He just answered the question, said, oh, that's a good thought. Let me think that he had the perfect attitude that if you're going to make something like this work, that's what it's going to take. Yeah, yeah. And and, and like I say, now that that he's, you know, he's going in the tribe and and, uh, he was, I sound like he was very interested. He's been listening to some of the shows on the app. Oh, he yeah, he's, he's already joined. Yep, he's he jumped right in there. And yeah, he, well, he, that's that's good. Like I say, yeah, that and that that would be his target. This would be his target. You know, people, it really would. And then at some point, like I say, that that niche advertiser, somebody with something like you guys, if you wanted to grow your business even more and be seen more and more by truck drivers. You know that your tribe, generally speaking, drives drives slower. You know that would work better than the guys out there running 75. (laughs) I I could also make the claim, and I don't have any proof behind this, but come on, it's it's pretty common sense. You you listen to this show. These are people who care about what they're doing. They pay attention. They want to do things better. I will also make the claim that uh, this tribe and the people that listen to the show are just safer. Most of them are not going to be assholes out on the road. Right. Exactly. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, we're not counting out here. <laughs> That's for sure. The tool, the truck, is a tool. It yeah. is not a lifestyle. It, 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 and, and this is yeah, a it's business. A, it's totally different than what most people. 
Right. And, and, and nobody in business goes out and, and intentionally pisses off their potential customers. But we have that problem in this industry because we have to share the road with our potential customers and we piss them off just by being there. We don't even have to do anything wrong. They're upset because we're an annoyance just by being there. So at that point, we really have to do everything we can not to make it worse. And, you know, I swear, I, I complain about truck drivers when I go out on the road anymore. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that was all. That, uh, as Paul would say, that's all I have. <laughs> that, that's all I need. Thanks for the call. You know, there used to be. Uh, who was that? There was a talk show out of I think it was Cincinnati. I can't remember the guy's name. I liked him a lot, but that used to be the thing. I th- I think that was his show. People would call and say, "That's all I've got," and he'd say, "That's all I need." And I can't remember who that was though. There used to be so many good talk shows. Hard to find any really good ones anymore. Let's uh, let's head to Texas. James, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin, how are you? Good. What's on your mind today? Oh, I've, uh, I don't know if you want my background first. I've cleaned up all my feet uh, a year ago, May, lost about uh, 60 pounds. Congratulations. And... Um, Thank you. I got tired of looking myself in the mirror, but uh, I, now I've got some numbness hey, in my hey James, in my feet and legs. James, yes, I, I'm going to make a prediction. Yes, you look at yourself a whole lot more in the mirror now, don't you? Ah, uh, well, I don't know about that, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> All right. So, what's going on? Well, I'm having some numbness in my my heel, it started in my right leg, and I do drive, I've been driving a truck for 30 years, and but I've been having numbness in the bottom of my right heel, it's starting to go to my left side, and, it, and it's kind of hot to the touch. So it's possible, um, there's a couple things here. One, if you hadn't cleaned up your diet and lost all that weight, I'd be worried that this was neuropathy. I'm pretty sure, but but we need to dig a little deeper just to make sure. Are you monitoring your blood sugar at all? Uh, no, sir. I, I might recommend it. I mean, we can go buy a, a monitor for 35, 40 bucks, even if we only use it for a week or two just to verify. Or have you had an A1C done recently? Uh, I've had it. It was probably over about eight months ago. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I had my blood work done. The last time I was in there, he said my platelet count was low. Yeah, that, that I'm not. I don't really, know if that would have any. No, it, it, I'm not looking there yet. I want to make sure that we don't have some sort of blood sugar issue going on because that that would be neuropathy, and we'd want to address that. I don't think, but it's one of those things I wouldn't mind verifying. If you had now, if you could get that number for me on the A1C, that would give me an idea. Okay, if that number isn't. Okay. You know, elevated, then this is not neuropathy, and we could just skip past that. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, I know it wasn't elevated on okay. the on then, 
test, but yeah. I, had, I, can, I can tell you that. Okay. Then we'll assume that this is not a blood sugar issue. It's so common that I just want to make sure that's not it. Now, when we start getting... Yes, sir. I mean, the only sugar... Yeah. The only sugar I eat, I mean, my when I lost all that weight is, is fruit. I don't eat any, okay. anything, any junk food okay. or anything. That fruit is all I... Yeah. I eat sugar. We're probably fine. You know? This is I, I have a feeling this is going to be biomechanical. We'll talk about that. Um, anytime we start to get, you know, pain, numbness, that kind of things in our lower extremities, the other area we can look is our spine. And then when you start talking specifically about heel pain, we might be looking at something called plantar fasciitis. And believe it or not, I'm actually dealing with this myself right now. This is a, a biomechanical issue, a stretching posture kind of issue. And when you sit all day driving, um, that's one way to create it. Yeah. Mine is actually being created by all my gardening. Um, now again, this is a muscle issue. Um, and there are some things we can do if you look it up. There's some... Um, one that actually works is, is take your, um, leg, the one that's bothering you and standing up, you pick up that leg behind you till it's, it's like your knee is at a a 90 degree and rest that on a Uh something and then take a rolling pin and actually roll from the back of your knee all the way down to your heel over and over and over. And you'll feel everything's going to be really tight in there. And that's what will start to cause this pulling on that heel muscle. And it can cause a lot of numbness and some pretty severe pain sometimes. Um, but that that's starting to sound like what you might have here. So you might want to just do a search for planters fasciitis and there's, you know, 35 strategies on how to stretch and, and work this out. Um, if it's not planters, then the next place I might be looking would be a chiropractor. Cause again, I think this is biomechanical. Um, the yeah. other thing that can possibly cause symptoms like this, but yours doesn't sound like this, heart issues could do this, poor circulation. But I, I, that would be like farther down my list. I think this is biomechanical. I got you. My dad, my father had circulation problems in his later when he got about my age. I'm 58. And he always, but he never had diabetes or they never. You know, they, but I, I know you always say it's probably not genetic anyway. So, you know. Correct. I know yeah, it, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow anyway because I, I have an appointment. I'm going to see what he says. Just to, I'm already at my insurance deal. It ain't going to cost me nothing. So I'm just going to see what they have to say anyway. I'm just curious. Yeah, I know doctors aren't very up on diagnosing something like planters. And I think the reason why they're not up on it is because there's no drug to fix it. I, seriously, if our medical exactly, system, I if, believe that. if there is no drug to prescribe for a condition, they ignore the condition. So you could ask your doctor if he thinks yeah. it might be planners, but you're probably going to get a better answer just by searching it and figuring it out yourself. Yeah. Yeah, because my doctor, I don't know that much about, I was taking thyroid medicine, and they just told me, well, your number's high, you need to take this pill, and I took it forever. 
And I quit taking it. I don't know if I did the right thing doing that or not. I haven't had any blood so, work done ever since so uh, usually, I quit taking the Synthroid. Yeah, so a thyroid issue that would have nothing to do with this foot pain, what you would look for is if you stopped your thyroid medication and you didn't get a bunch of new symptoms, um, things like poor sleep, gaining weight, um, several others we could look at, then you didn't need the drug. And there's a very good chance that you didn't need that drug anymore after you cleaned up your diet. Yeah, I don't sleep very good at all. I mean, with the hours that I keep. You see, that's... Drive, I have... I am, I am starting to believe that there are drivers that have... Team drivers, probably some of the worst. I'm starting to believe that there are sleep issues that we don't know how to fix with drivers, and it has to do with this lifestyle. It's murder on your sleep sometimes. Yes, sir. I've been doing the same, same thing forever. Yeah, it's, you know, basically. I, this is one I, I've, I've, I, I continue to read, I continue to research, I continue to work on for myself, but I, I see a lot of driver. Now, the sleep issues come out, and we have people who can't lose weight, who lost weight once, gained it back, and now they're struggling to lose it again, even though their diet is really clean. This time it's not diet related. This time their weight issues are stress related, and we're having a hard time figuring this one out. Yes, sir. Now, I, hear you. I will say that, and I'm getting ready, I, I, I really want to do some sort of a challenge around my um, protocol, because I, I think I've really got this thing nailed down. I say there's nothing we can do about this, but there is. I, I believe that this protocol will fix this problem. I just, now I need to get some people together and prove it. Are you talking about all the, with the... That, yeah, the stress, the, bar, the stress bar and all yep. the, the the breathing, the bar, the, the saunas, the cold, yep, all of that stuff that I've been talking about. Now I've got yeah. it nailed down to a protocol you can do in about thirty to forty minutes a day, and this is going to fix that stress-related issues we're dealing with. I'm positive. I just have to prove it now. I've been doing the doing the breathing a lot and the, the showers. But Good. That's about all I've been, been well, doing. It, 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 I don't do it religiously every day. I, I yeah, and it, it can all help, but I really think that that's kind of why I'm going to, uh, my thought on this is that first 30 days, if we can really take a deep dive into this and commit to getting it done 30 days in a row, that's where I think we're going to see the results. And it doesn't mean you have to keep yeah, doing it sense. every day for the rest of your life. I mean, that's not my point behind this. Although some people might. I mean, hell, I, I feel so good after I'm done with it. I really want to. I know life gets in the way sometimes. But, uh, but once we get through that first 30 days, then I think you can kind of back off. And, you know, if you're doing four or five or six days a week, it will be plenty. But the beauty of this is even if you do want to do seven days a week, you're not going to overtrain. That was the real key here is to make sure people are getting the maximum benefit without overtraining. Yeah. Should I do a Nutri-Q and 
Um, Deal with Lauren or anything? Or just, I, I don't think so. Not yet. Not be yet, anything. because if it is biomechanical, and I, I'm kind of thinking that it is, so let's let's eliminate that first. We would not be able to pick that up okay. on the nitro Okay. Well, all right, sir. I certainly appreciate your advice. You're, all you do for everybody. You're welcome. Let's try that, and if that isn't it, call me back, and then we will work on the next possibility. But I think we're going to find this in in some sort of a uh, like a biomechanical, a spine alignment, planners, that kind of thing. Let's uh, let's go to Minnesota. Brad, welcome to the program. Morning, Kevin. I got a fuel surcharge question for you. Sure. So, uh, it happened two weeks ago. Trucks get, got 6.2 miles at a gallon that week. I averaged $4.47 a gallon. So that comes out to $0.72 cents a mile for fuel cost. But I was only getting $0.68 cents a mile on fuel surcharge. Is that an issue? Wait a minute. Hold on. You're paying seventy-two cents for fuel. How much are you getting for fuel surcharge? Sixty-eight. So, so what this means is, in the real world, when we work out all the math, you're paying four cents a mile for fuel. That is incredibly low. Like we, that is amazing. That you can go operate a Class 8 truck and your real fuel cost is only four cents a mile. Huh. I thought it was the other way around, but I know you had the base fuel surcharge at a buck and a quarter a gallon. Divide that by six is about 21 cents. I don't know if that plays an issue in there. Well, well it does, but you're doing better than that. So we could do that, but yes. why? That's not a real number. Your real number is what we want to look at, and your real number shows us that you have seventy-two cents a mile coming in because of the fuel surcharge. No, you have seventy-two cents going out because of your fuel cost, but you have sixty-eight cents coming in because of a fuel surcharge, which means your real fuel cost is only four cents a mile. That's incredible. What we're, good. what we're really saying is if fuel did go down to $1.25 a gallon, your profit would go down, not up. Yes, yes, it would. But if fuel, I if fuel fully goes understand to, the whole- yeah, if fuel goes to $10 a gallon tomorrow, which I, I used to say tongue in cheek, but that's not out of the question anymore. We have enough things going on geopolitically, and we have enough of an issue with fuel right now that that would not be out of the question. Have a hurricane wipe out a couple refineries, have China invade Taiwan. We, we could see $10 fuel. Wouldn't be out of the question, in my opinion. But if it happened, your profit would go up. Yep. I mean, the truck's been averaging... Oh, what the heck was that? Six, six, seven, I think, over the last 90 days. Yeah, so so that's that's how good our fuel surcharge program is. 
you're only getting seven tenths of a mile better than the calculation and it still does this for your fuel cost you look at guys like you know joel and and uh Steve and I could go on and on and on. There's a bunch of guys doing this now that are getting nine and 10 miles to the gallon. And when you look at what that does to their fuel cost, they get paid to put fuel in their tank. Yep. So we, we love the fuel surcharge system. The problem we're at now is, and I've always said this, I, I, kind of wish fuel would have hung out right around $4 to the gallon. The economy can handle that. It doesn't really tank our economy at $4 the gallon, puts a little strain on it, but not a lot. And we just get maximum benefits in trucking. But I don't like when the prices get so high to where they are now that they are going to crash the economy. All right, well, I, thanks for your assistance. You're welcome. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I'm glad you calculated that. That's an awesome number to know that your fuel cost per mile is really about four cents per mile. Pretty incredible. All right, so uh, we're right here at the top of the hour, and I just ran out of calls. We had a couple others up there for a while, and they disappeared. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, I have one other news piece i want to talk about here did i have more than one or did i just have one i think i just had one um i'll talk about that here just for a minute or two while i wait for uh, another call or two to come in if you've got a call i'll take them if not we're gonna wrap this up for today um i did have an article here about contract rates i think i'm gonna save that um, contract rates are actually a little confusing right now, kind of like um, the employment numbers are a little confusing. We, uh, I, I think our biggest um, danger right now might actually be stagflation, um, which was rough. That's what we saw in the late 70s, early 80s, and it looks like that might be what we're heading into again. These um, contract rates are actually a little confusing. Not really sure. Um, what we're uh what we're looking at there but i'll keep an eye on that we'll be reporting on that but the other one i wanted to bring up uh, i know this is health but what keeps happening on wednesdays when i'm only doing that one health day is i have way too many topics on health that i can't get to and way too many topics on politics that i don't get to only doing them one day a week um, so i'm going to mention this one because this is so common now. I've been talking about this. I can't believe we can't get the word out there on this and get, get the real answer on what's going on. Here's the headline. I keep reading these headlines. And every time I read the headline, I think to myself, are they going to tell us the vaccine status or not? And they never do. But here's the headline. And there's way too many of these now. We should not be seeing the number of these. Quote, Ohio medical student dies during a 102-mile bike ride for cancer research. Now, here's the sub-headline, and this is important. Mason Fisher, whose mother is a cancer survivor, had biked in the race two times before. We're not talking about some extreme endurance event here. A 102-mile bike ride, not a big deal. 
It's really not. His mother did this ride at being a cancer survivor and survived it twice. Um, But this 27-year-old medical student was at the 100-mile mark of his 102-mile ride, and he passed away. He died. He died. And here's all they tell us. Um, Let me see if I can find this. They... Where did they put it? Um, (laughs) Oh, I knew I should have highlighted this. Why can't I find that? Oh, Fisher's family told the Columbus Dispatch that that he had a, quote, heart-related issue towards the end of the Pelotonia ride. Yes, occasionally 27-year-olds have heart-related issues and they die, but it is really rare. And here's a fit, healthy, 27-year-old medical student, and he dies. And we don't mention his vaccine status, even though there is mountains of evidence showing that for young males especially, this vaccine can cause heart issues. We have all these young, fit, healthy, athletic people dying of heart issues. And it's I'm reading at least a story like this every week. And nobody is talking about their vaccination status. It's never in the article. And it should be. Because this is unknown. We know that vaccine can cause myocarditis, periocarditis, all kinds of heart-related issues. And we have young people dying over this. And the crazy thing is, the odds of, if he is vaccinated, I don't know because they never talk about it. We should be. But if he is vaccinated, we should know that. If he isn't, we should know that too. But the odds of this young, healthy 27-year-old dying from COVID are rare, really rare. He didn't need the vaccine. Most people don't. And we, when you take it, and a lot of people said, oh, well, I'll just take it, whatever. Can't hurt. No, no, it can hurt. The problem is we're not talking about how it hurts. All right. Looks like a bunch of calls are starting to come in. Let's go to New Jersey. Brian, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh just wanted to say real quick, you, you better be that, that trailer ad guy's first customer after you beat him <laughs> up like that. I, I think uh, you're, you're the perfect client. There's, a, it's, you know, social media doesn't have to be online, you know. Yeah. Um, I, got, I got all kinds of ideas. I, you, know the, you know the meme that's got Trump and it's like, miss me yet? Oh, we yeah. need you on there. <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, you know, check out the new app yeah, and, you right. know, there you 60 go. mile an hour hey. club. We, we, all kinds of, I, we, could, we could have fun with this. Couldn't we? Yeah. 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 It'd be great. Yeah. Um, here's the thing though. I, I I'll, I'll line up. I might be the first one to sign up, but I'm going to warn him. If he thinks I beat him up over the idea, wait till he has to deal with Lisa in the negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how all the numbers are work out or not work out, but you know. Yeah. Uh, cool to think about, but that's that's all I got. That's all I need. 
Thanks for the call. All right, let's move on. Calls are coming in. Let's go to Colorado. John, welcome to the program. Kevin, how are you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Well, I want to touch on a little politics. Okay. And I've asked you I've asked you before to get the book of Carol Quigley's Tragedy and Hope. Why don't I have that one yet? Do you remember that? No, I don't. Let me go look for that right now. Um, I don't know why. And that, I have a ton of notes uh, on books, but I don't know why I don't have that one yet. Tragedy and Hope, you would really, it's a good read. Uh, it will explain the two-party system, how they've designed the two-party system to, to divide the people. It's a great read. He's got a oh, new this, book out. I haven't read it. This is this It'll is be int- in there. This is interesting. I um I can't get it on Kindle, but they ac- actually have something called an e-textbook that I can get. Um, For, oh, and it looks like I, I just can- had some company show up. I got hey, I got to go. Vatican uh, Assassin also great read. Vatican Assassin by Eric John and I'll call you tomorrow. Okay, I'm going to put them both on my, i got to write this one down or I'll forget it. Vatican Assassin. Thanks. I, thank you. They sound like uh, good books, and even though I have a ton of books right now, I can always use more. Um, I, well, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to take calls because I asked for them and they're coming in. Let's go to South Dakota. Kurt, welcome to the program. Yeah, uh, morning, Kevin. Got a couple things. Just one on the layoffs. I heard the other day that Beyond Meat is laying off a bunch of people. Good. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Good. I did see a headline somewhere, too, and I didn't have time to dig into it. Something about McDonald's is dropping whichever one they picked up, the Impossible Burger, Beyond Burger, whatever it was. I think they're dropping it. And uh, the other second thing I want to talk about is this advertising on the back of trailers. Uh, just put it out there. You run a special code on each individual trailer, uh, promo code, and you get a kickback to whoever's pulling that trailer. And you know, if you get a small company, they can run all the, the same code, and uh, then you can have the, just like any other promo code, have the discount, uh, maybe a 5% discount for the customer, and then give another 1% kickback to the guy pulling the trailer. Yeah, the, those kind of ideas are absolutely going to be necessary. So, the you know, we, we have to do all the stuff that, you know, a good advertising campaign does, but now we have this a whole new set of issues with this moving trailer kind of thing. But yeah, you're right that yeah, those yeah, that's where yeah. you're going to have to get creative with those other, you know, incentives and pricing and and all that. Um, and this guy did come from an advertising background, so I'm hoping you know he's got all that stuff figured out. What he needs help with is this weird anomaly of, you know, this moving billboard kind of idea. 
and the, yep. it, you know, he, and, and he needs target. to understand the trucking industry. So I think he's in the right place. Okay, that's just wanted to throw them two things out there. Good stuff. Thanks for the call. Let's keep rolling. We're going to head off to Washington. Jerry, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Um, so I, I wanted to, I got two things for you. One is fuel surcharge and one is bucks. So when fuel started, I just wanted to give you or maybe give some other people a different kind of outlook on fuel surcharge a little bit because I know that you usually say when fuel goes up, fuel surcharges come in and people start making money. For us, we didn't, we didn't make, we actually hurt ourselves. And I'm not saying that I did it intentionally, but when fuel started going up and you know me, I'm dealing like, 98% 98% direct customer exactly. freight. Right. And right. so, and so I've had to go to my customers, you know, and say, Hey, are we doing something about fuel? No, not yet. We're going to wait and see what happens. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. No sweat, you know? And, and that goes on for a little while. And meanwhile, you know, you're, you're pulling more money for fuel and more money yeah. for fuel, you know? And it's yeah. kind of like, okay, you know, and then eventually you just kind of go, Hey, we get, we got to do something with fuel. Well, what do you think? I'm like, well, I don't know. It's, it's up here now. And he goes, well, let's, let's try this. And so they always on the low end, but you got to keep yeah. the customer happy. Absolutely. So when fuel was going through, you know, so when fuel was going through the roof, you know, and, and it keeps going up, I was usually about three weeks behind what fuel was. And in yeah. three weeks, it went up quite a bit, you oh, know, yeah. and it kept going up. Yeah. And so I was just pulling, yeah. So I was just pulling money out of savings a little bit. It's like, all right, no big deal. I'll catch it. I'm not worried about it. But see, now I'm getting fuel for four thirty a gallon. Last week I got it for four thirty five a gallon for all my trucks because we're running four trucks now. And so we, um, but I'm still charging. As of last week, I was still charging fuel surcharge at six dollars a gallon. <laughs> and so you know, and so it's like this week I'm kind of going, okay, we're going to go down a little bit for fuel because it went down a little bit, and everybody's like, oh, okay, great. I was wondering when you were going to do that, you know. <laughs> So the two, two big things here that, you know, kind of come out of this call. One, I, I wish we talked about this more. The reason I don't, I just don't have that many people who are dealing directly with their own customers. It, it, there's just not enough yeah. people out there in this situation that I, I spend much time talking about it. Um, but... I wish we did talk about it more. I wish there, you know, we could get into these kind of financial conversations more. We don't. Um, Then the other thought I had was your example here points out why we put fuel surcharge place place, contracts in place when we sign the contract in the beginning, because then it takes care of itself from week to week. I mean, our fuel surcharge system really does work well in this industry. Works great. The biggest problem with it, and it's the shippers that pay for this, the biggest problem is the industry has never adjusted their six miles to the gallon average. It works out great for us. No, they haven't. But it, it, the shippers, yeah. if they and understood this, the shippers would probably, you know, throw a rod if they understood what's been happening to them over the years, that, that this really is in our favor. But... 
this this is exactly the problem you're having or had you got screwed when prices went up fast because you were lagging so far behind now the shipper's getting screwed as prices are coming down fast that's the whole point of having that weekly adjustment so nobody ever feels like they're getting screwed yeah and that and it's just one of those things but i don't have a contract right. with any of my right. customers yeah and, and i have that's, zero con- it's that, all that's yeah. That's how I do business. I'm not big on contracts, and here's why: yeah. if if it comes down to something in a contract that we wrote, the only way to settle that is in court. That's the only way. Yeah. Because I don't care what they signed yeah. in a contract. You can go to them and say, "Look, you signed this. You have to do it." But what do you do if they just say no? Nobody ever thinks about yeah, that. My, what, what do you do when they break the contract exactly. and they say no? The only thing you can do, you have to take them to court. My point is, if this goes sideways, I'm not taking them to court anyway. If it goes sideways, whether I have a contract or not, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to stop working with them. I'm not going through the hassle of going to court over stuff like this. So the only time I really sign contracts is when the other party requires it. We, we don't have a contract for our services. Yeah, we don't, we don't do it. You know, I mean, but I've had all, I mean, I've had all my customers for so long that it's right. Although we did right. just get a new customer. Yeah. We just got a new one here about, a month ago, it kind of got a little bit slow going south. My guys would have never known because, you know, they're still working every day. It's just the loads weren't coming in as fast, you know. And so I kind of got a little nervous. So I I just seen some guys hauling some stuff, and I called the guy, and he just happened to be like, you know what, we're looking for another carrier right now because another carrier that we use quite a bit lost half of their owner-operators when the fuel went through the roof. They couldn't take it. I was like, okay, so what can I do? And he goes, this is what I need you to do. Can you do this? And I was like, tell you what, I don't want to be your most expensive guy, but I don't want to be your cheapest guy. I'll be in the middle. I'll show you what I can do. And then you go from there. And he's like, okay. And here we are a month into this deal. And this guy is calling me every day. And we pull a lot of oversized now. So I had to set a couple of the trucks up on oversized permits and things like that make sure the guy knew what he was doing. I only put one other guy on it besides me. And I was like, this is what we're doing. And so the first couple of loads, I made him follow me. I had him load with me and everything. So he knew exactly what we were doing. And I'm telling you what, the rates that these guys are paying us are almost $10 a mile. Wow. And we're only, you know, we're not going very far. So from like, we're going, I just, I'll just say that we're going up north to south because I don't know who listens to this show. So we're going maybe a hundred miles. Yeah, we're going maybe a hundred miles, and we're making about fifteen hundred dollars. Wow! On that little stretch of road, nice. yeah, and that's nice. what we're doing right now. And, and the guy's calling me almost every day now. Hey, I need this truck and this truck. It's like, okay, yeah, we got it. Okay, book them. Let's go. All right, no sweat. So you know, it worked here, out really well. Here's another great example. I love this story. Um, how long have you been trucking? Oh my God. My wife figured it out. I was 17 and started in the army when I was 17 and I'm 54. So I have 34 years of actual driving experience and I've been an owner operator since 1990. 
five, I want to say. Yeah, you, you've been at this while. You and I have talked a lot. You, you do all the yeah. stuff we talk about as far as running the business right. You know your numbers. You build good relationships. You've gone out and found direct customers. You, you just all the stuff we talk about. And this is what I love. I'm coming on the air every day just about saying, I, I can't believe how bad things might get. Uh, and yet, here you are finding crazy opportunities in the middle of this. And that, and part of that, too, is you always say, there's an opportunity somewhere. There's an opportunity somewhere. So this guy who had probably, he probably had 15 to 18 trucks half of them were owner operators, over half of them were owner operators, probably three quarter. And he lost, my understanding was he lost half of his owner operators because when freight was great, they went out and bought all these brand new trucks. They bought all these lifted pickups. They bought all this crap. And then when fuel reaches $6 a gallon and he's, you know, the other guy's like me, he's a, he has all direct freight and the fuel yeah. surcharge naturally isn't keeping up, you know, with, what we're paying for fuel. And so these guys all complain. It's like, I can't afford to run this truck. And it's like, you know, okay, great. You know, and I didn't even know they left. I just happened to call the guy because I've seen a few things going down the road. I knew where it was coming from. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call and see what happens. So, and look at that. And that's what happened. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that falls under habit number one. Be proactive. You're driving yeah. down the road, watching other yeah. freight, looking for things, making phone calls. Let's see what happens. That's it. You were just being proactive. Habit number one, and look at how it pays off. I am always looking, and it's just, it's kind of how I started with one truck. When I was leased to somebody, I was watching to see what was on the truck. Always. I've always watched to see what's on the truck, and I just kind of look, and then, you know, when I started on my own way back in 95, 96, somewhere 95, I just happened to call somebody because I saw their product on a truck. I was like, hey, uh, are you interested in having another carrier? It's like, well, we're kind of having issues with this lane. You want to try this lane? Sure, I'll try it, you know. You and know that's where it all started. And I, I'm always shocked why more drivers and owner-operators aren't curious about these kind of things. One of the things that I think helped me a lot in, in my career in trucking was I started in local P&D. So 20, 25, sometimes 30 stops a day, in and out, delivering freight, picking up freight. I can't tell you how many times I got like either thrown, not like thrown off the dock, but I would wander all over the place while I'm standing in there. I walk around looking at tags on freight bills, on pallets. I want to know what the freight is, where it's going. And then if I can find out, I ask people what, who's moving this, how much is it paying? I, I was a kind of a pain in the ass. I, every dock I was on, I walked around and did that. But you really start to learn how this industry works. And then when I did go out on my own, I had some direct contacts for freight right away. People I had been on their dock before, had been talked to them, built that relationship. And I was always curious, you know, why is, why is this, um, you know, why are these five pallets going as a truckload? Why didn't you do this as LTL or whatever? And, and the more you do that, the more you learn and the more you find there are opportunities out there. Yeah. It's crazy sometimes that you realize just by making some phone and I mean, believe me, it's not like you make a phone call and all of a sudden you get this no, great load. No. It doesn't work that way because <laughs> no. I probably made 
people don't realize I probably made 20 phone calls before that. People's like, no, we're not interested. We're slow or exactly. no, we have enough people, you know, it, yeah. but you just got to keep calling and calling and calling. And, and that's the one thing. If you get, if you get afraid, if you get frustrated quickly by someone telling you, no, you're not going to survive. Nope. Because no, is just a, another word that you got to listen to. And it's like, all right, well, he's not happy. Let's, you know what? Let's try a different route. Let's just try you, something different. Let's just try this. You got to think outside the box. You know, I'm going to take a different approach to this because, you know, in the past, when this topic has come up and we've talked about it, I've always kind of said, you know, look, sales are tough. Say it, sales is a difficult occupation. And if you're good at it, you can make a lot of money. But, you know, it's one of those things that it's not easy. You have to learn it. You have to understand it. Well, I'll still say that sales can be tough. But after looking at some statistics, it's not nearly as tough as I thought. There's a statistic out there that like 92% of salespeople or some crazy number have never read a single book about sales. Why not? Oh, I heard there, that. There's about a thousand really good books on sales out there. There's there's so much good material on sales, and yet the people who do this for a living haven't read a single book? Well, hell, this wouldn't be hard to compete then. Just go start reading about sales. No. Read a couple books, take an online course. Hell, you'll, you'll shoot right to the top of the pack. Yeah, I, I agree. It's... Sales can be, if you're not a salesman, the sales can be difficult. But if you have any notion of just kind of a drive to get ahead, then sales isn't that difficult, at least I think. You just have to have the motivation and drive to want to get ahead. You know, I think that we've always looked at this in in that, and now I understand, if 92% of the people or whatever the number is, that do this for a living haven't read a single book then the way we've always looked at sales and you just kind of touched on it you either have the personality to be a salesman or you don't i mean that's kind of the way we've looked at it and that's the wrong way to look at this because i can promise you you can learn how to sell just like you can learn how to ride a bike there's there are techniques that really really work and when you learn these things even if you don't have that sales guy kind of personality it doesn't matter and if the people that had that personality actually went out read a couple books and learned how to do this they'd probably be rock stars yeah i would agree i would so agree so my other question is my finances are doing better than they were i'm not gonna say they're doing better but i've got everything done pretty much the way I want it done by reading the Tony Robbins book. Good. Kind of going out and doing what I need to do. I've, I've adjusted a couple of things here and there, but I'm looking for another book to read that will get further in detail about investing and kind of doing different things. And so I was going to ask you if you had a recommendation on another book or another author I could read to get a different perspective on investing or 401ks and doing things on your own. Wow, you may have just stumped me. Um, and I don't get stumped very easy on books. Um, I, I okay, say you're like... I know. I'm, I'm not sure that there's much more I would recommend for you to read on this specific topic. 
I really think that okay. I really think that Anthony Robbins has probably summarized this better than anybody. And almost any other book that I would recommend, there they it's almost always like they're trying to convince you, you know, like the whole rich dad, poor dad, those guys make me crazy. A lot of these financial right. guys I, 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 knowing you, knowing what you've already done, I, I don't think I would recommend any more reading for you. I would just continue, you know, doing, or, or what I would say is don't even bother with recommendations. Just start reading any financial book you can find. Okay. Cause I can't think of any that I would say, oh, this okay. one's really going to help you. So I need to just find one, read one, and see if it works for me or not, and if I agree with what they're having to say. Kind of, yeah. Or, okay. or just decide. Or just decide. I mean, if you're really curious in this and you want to keep learning, then keep reading. Or just decide. I don't do any real financial reading anymore. I mean, I, I can't find anything I yeah. think would actually help me. So I, I just, I, I like my plan. I kind of know what I'm doing financially. And unless some great big blockbuster comes out that everybody's just raving about, I, I can't find anything financial to read. Okay. That was fun. Well, thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right. Looks like we're going to wrap this up for the day. Uh, what do we got going on this week? I don't think there's anything unusual. Um, am I supposed to be? I think I'm supposed to be announcing something today. What is it? Uh, seems like I forgot to announce something last week. What was it? Oh, I know. Not not a big deal. Um, the grease we have in our store. I think it's in now. Um not a big deal, but I like it for a couple of reasons. I actually ask people, what do you think about this? You know, you just take the grease, you throw the block on your fifth wheel, you back under a trailer, it greases your trailer. People said, oh, that stuff's already out there. Um, I think Lucas has one. But I, th there's two differences in this product we brought into the store. Not huge, but I, I like it. I like it enough that we brought it into the store and I would use it. Every other fifth wheel grease pack kind of thing it comes in a wrapper so you throw it on there you back under the trailer now what happens to the wrapper it either falls on the ground i don't like that idea or it gets hell it could get stuck in your fifth wheel mechanism i certainly don't like that idea so that's one issue this grease has no packaging it, it's funny i don't know how they did this but you can just pick up the grease block doesn't get on your hands and you just set it on there. there's no packaging or anything the other thing is this is not a petroleum-based grease it's actually a soy-based grease. It performs better, and I think environmentally it's better, and it's a little less pressure we're putting on petroleum. Again, no big deals, but I like it. And you're already buying stuff at our store. Try this stuff. Uh, we have some new fifth-wheel grease in there. Um, we have. If you haven't been to the store in a while, we have lots of new food, really, really good food, too. I'm so excited about the food we have in. Our new seafood is incredible. I loved our old supplier. It was really, really sad when they got bought and we couldn't negotiate a deal with them. But sometimes things like that work out for the better. Our new seafood supplier is just incredible. The flavors, the quality. Just had some uh, 
the other day for lunch, some of the smoked mackerel, which was just incredible. Uh, we have some new granolas, grain feed granolas on the market. My favorite thing now is any one of our granolas. We have like eight or nine different um, varieties, all grain-free, all really clean, low sugar, um, really, really good stuff. In the yogurt, it is amazing. So, um, you know, I'm still doing El Ruderai yogurt every day. I think that's a big part of my uh, workout results. Well, I'm so happy with that. I, that just reminded me of something else. I haven't finished the video from last week. Um, the uh, Stress Busters protocol video, or, uh, video, the Living Wild protocol, whatever we're going to call the whole thing. I know I've got to get on that. Uh, I think I may have some time this week to work on that so we can get that up. I've had a lot of questions about it. Other than that, um, pretty normal week. Nothing major going on. Uh, we will see you back here tomorrow for the power hour and the pit. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.